So uh, we recall from last week that a spirit um, has the primary function of doing what? What is the one word that describes what a overall what a what a spirit does? Any spirit, the Holy Spirit, my spirit. What does he do? What's that? Okay, connects us to God. We said he has one primary function that really encompasses everything else. The Spirit does life. Right? Uh, everything that we will talk, you're going to hear that a lot. So, over the next six months, so so you'll and you'll and you'll start to recognize it that the Spirit does life, but he does more than that. Um, since he does life. The Holy Spirit does things that, that make us spiritually alive. And you hear that phrase. Uh, the nature, uh, this nature that we have, whether it's, it's our own nature or whether it's on a, on a higher level, the spiritual nature, uh, influences all of these other characteristics. All of the things that when you, you see and read about the Spirit, uh, you'll, you'll see, oh, that is something that affects life. We talked about quality of life and, 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 and our eternal life and all these different things. Now, as we, as we go through these basic elements of the Holy Spirit that, that are going to influence all of these other things that we, we talk about through the rest of the year, and again, like I said last week, we're just scratching the surface, um, I want to clear up as we go through, sometimes it's easier to know what a thing is, not by defining it. We're not going to be able to define the Holy Spirit ever at any point. But sometimes it's, it's at least it helps us to clear up misconceptions. So we, we start eliminating the things that aren't true. We can kind of get at least a, a somewhat clearer picture of, of what things are. Uh, and therefore we know a little bit of more of what is expected of us. So uh, when we talk about the Spirit... Uh, this is kind of the way that some people talk about the spirits, like like the force. You know, it's kind of, you know, you raise your hands, and this is this is spiritual. Uh, and uh, it's important to listen to our language because there's a lot of language that betrays this kind of mentality. Um, people talk about, and, and and I know this is. This is a, a weird thing to say, but, but just bear with me. But we have to listen to our pronouns. And that means something different when you say that today. But, but when we use pronouns to describe the Holy Spirit, we need to pay attention to which ones we're using. Um, when people talk about the Spirit, they often speak about it in a way that suggests that it is best if you replace the word Spirit in a sentence that it is best replaced by the word it. Right? And in fact, you'll, you'll even hear people sometimes use the word it, like it indwells me. Or uh, they'll say, uh, it leads me. And they're, they're constantly referring to the Spirit as an it. Well, the problem with this is that what you, we even talked about this in class, the, the things that you think and the way that you think is going to come out and it's going to manifest itself in the way you, you talk, but also in the way you act. And so, so this way that you talk and this frame of reference that we have for the Spirit is going to affect what we think of as spiritual. If the Spirit is an it, then we're going to kind of think the Spirit is this vague moving thing, right? 
this force in the universe. Uh, but that's, that's not uh, what the, the Spirit is best defined as. Some of you might know this guy. Some of you might not. His name is René Descartes. He was a 16th century mathematician, a theologian, philosopher. Uh, if every time you graph an equation, you got this guy to thank for it. Um, and um, at least uh, that, that probably the Chinese were doing it, you know, thousands of years before him. But, but at least in Europe, we have him to thank for it. And um, he was famous for a saying. Uh, he was also a theologian of sorts. Uh, and and uh, he had this this statement: "I think, therefore, I am." And, and this is this is true about our spirit. What one of the things that separates us from lower life forms is this ability to to think rationally. Uh, and and so many of the evidences that we give for the existence of God are actually uh, come from Rene Descartes. Uh, the the, the the various names for him. It's not our sermon this morning, but but he was a very thinking person, and uh, so when we when we think about the spirit, one of the things it's what animates us not just not just to breathe my spirit, right? But my spirit has intelligence. Well, if my spirit has intelligence, and that's just mine, then the Holy Spirit is going to be an intelligent being. That means it's not going to be an it. And, uh, and so, let, let, let's look at some things. First of all, uh, we're talking about ideas, this, this element of the spirit that's ideas. And, and I want to just talk by, first before we talk about the Holy Spirit, let's talk about us as, as people, and we go back to our text in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. Now, we need to point out here that here the spirit is not even talking about what animates me. The word spirit has a lot of definitions. This is one of the lesser common definitions. But here it is re- referencing an attitude. But this is what is going to be really, really, really interesting to me. Is that Because the, the, this is a metaphor. This word is their word, air. That's the word spirit, is the word air. And, and they're coming up with trying to figure out this, this metaphor, this word to describe something you can't see. It's very hard. And, and, and so air is invisible, and attitudes are kind of invisible, and there's all this stuff. That, and so... They describe this, this thing that's in you kind of like your breath or like air. You have an air of, of, of uh, whatever attitude it is. You ever heard of someone putting on airs? We kind of have the same metaphor, don't we? I mean, it's kind of an antiquated English metaphor. But this is kind of the, the way we, we kind of try to summarize or visualize what can't be seen. And so the spirit is an attitude, and he says we have an attitude or a spirit of faith. Now, it's more than simply an attitude. We want to look at what an attitude is. Uh, Philippians 1.27, says, Only let your manner of life uh, be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I will hear of, your, hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side, for the faith of the gospel. And so we see again this concept of ideas. 
attitude is equal to thought. Well, I'm going to go and do math here. If a spirit is an attitude, and an attitude comes from thought, then a, then a spirit is at least connected in some way with this intellectual capability. So, so when we go way back to, to the, our introduction, and we're talking about these different ideas of, of spirituality, and, and going up and, and, and emptying your mind of everything, right, meditation, and, and that's, that's what some people are spiritual. That's exactly 180 degrees in the opposite direction of what genuine spirituality is. Genuine spirituality is based on intellectual thought because it comes from a spirit. And spirits do life, and spirits do thought. What produces that thought? Well, it's what we absorb. The, the source of whatever it is that that thought comes is going to produce the attitude. That's the air that we have, right? That's the spirit that we have. The, the spirit, not in the sense of my personal spirit, but the, 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 the spirit that I'm breathing. The, all the, the intellectual things that I'm taking in. All those things are going to form the attitudes, and, and that is where we're going to find spirituality. But having established that, I want to talk and, and raise it up. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And, and after we get done, we're going to run through a quick list here, just in the Bible. And it is, again, just a, a overshot. This is, this, is like more, uh, this is more abbreviated than Cliff's Notes. This is just this so much. Uh, in the scripture. But I want you to see after we get through this list, you cannot refer to the Spirit as an it. it. It just won't work. You would never refer to anything else that demonstrates this as an it. Uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 4 1. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, this is important because the Spirit has direction. No, a lot of people use this. Well, I'm just led by the Spirit. Well, the idea here is that Jesus was led, which means he's following, right? But he was led by the Spirit for a reason. The Spirit has direction. He's doing something. There was a mission here that was happening. There was direction. And so, so inanimate things don't do that. It's don't do that. Another one. Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to, word to means something, it's important, to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to the, uh, proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering a sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed. And so there was a purpose. Man, that was a specific thing. Spirits don't do specifics, right? Like, like if, the, if you're an Eastern... It's just kind of this genuine... Forces, forces of, of nature don't do specific things like that. It, the Romans says that we can look at nature and we can see God's invisible attributes, right? We, we can see some, some concepts as we look out and see God's amazingness. But, but you can't look at nature and, and, and discover theology, right? You, you can't... You can't Look at, at the beautiful trees or a beautiful garden and, and, and figure out the book of Romans. <clears throat> and 
nature doesn't do specifics that well. But the Spirit does specifics. He has anointed me too, and do all of these things. When Jesus was led, and, and, and that direction took him in, in very specific things that he was going to have to achieve. John chapter 4, verse 24, he says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Again, the concept of ideas, concrete thought. And not just any concrete thought, but, but as discerning from those ideas which would not qualify as worshipful ideas. The Spirit says, no. You, if you want to worship me, there are things that don't, that, that don't fit into this, into this equation. You must worship in truth, not just in touchy-feely. You have to be connected. Acts chapter 2, verse 17 says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And, and then you can kind of see where that's all touchy-feely, but, but when you read the book of Acts, right, chapter 2, and, and see that, that then Peter gets up and he preaches this, this very specific sermon, it's a recitation of history, and, and leads up to a conclusion. It's, all of these, they weren't just vague things that they were saying or feeling. It wasn't just, they were things with meaning. It was, it was the Spirit revealing something specific. Again, all of these things, they're, they're, they're based on ideas. A couple more here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, he says, All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions, he's talking about the miracles, uh, similar to what we just talked about uh, in the last one. He says, He apportions to each one individually as He wills. Have you noticed throughout here the pronouns that are constantly used? Not it, as it feels, as he wills. In other words, there's decisions being made. That the Holy Spirit says, I'm not sure that this person would be someone I want with that gift. I think I'm going to give them this gift. This is intellectual thought. There's decisions happening. The Holy Spirit is not, forces don't do that. Right? Forces are fairly chaotic. You have a force, like, ooh. I had a force exerted on my, on my cup of coffee as I was driving in, and it kind of spilled. Right? They're very chaotic. But the Spirit, the Spirit makes decisions, a very intellectual. Last one, Acts chapter 5, verse 32, he says, We are witnesses to these things. Pay attention to that word witnesses. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God is given to those who obey Him. And so the Spirit has the power of observation. Forces definitely don't do that. It's don't do, really do that. They don't, they don't observe and give testimony to things. The Spirit is like us, and, and we conclude with this, this section of, of trying to identify, noticing that, that the Holy Spirit is like us, or I should say we are like Him, but, but He's like us on a higher level. 
We have a spirit that observes and, and can witness and say, yes, discerning this and this is true and this is not true. We, we can discern these facts. This happened. The spirit does that on a higher level. And so the spirit certainly is not an it. And correcting that idea is going to help us. Can you see how that's going to help us as we, we, di- we start thinking about what it, things are spiritual and things that the Spirit does, all of a sudden, you take this and start looking at this. When you see the word Spirit in the New Testament specifically, the Old Testament was kind of, it was a little bit more vague. God didn't really reveal Himself. They didn't even know about the concept of Father and Son, really, in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, God really reveals Himself more. And go through the New Testament, and when you see the word Spirit, figure out if it's talking about the Holy Spirit or not. But the ones that are clearly talking about the Holy Spirit, notice how they're referenced. And notice constantly that it will be referring to a personality doing something and thinking something. And, and that will bring us then to spirituality. That spirituality begins as a function of the mind. It does not end there. But it must begin as a function of the mind. Whatever spirituality is, and we probably won't really do a great job of defining it so that we can wrap our heads around it. But trying to bring the image a little bit clearer into focus. All things, as we said, come from a function of life. Shouldn't surprise you that we're going back to Romans 8. Right? We're going we're gonna to see this frequently. He says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, or those who live spiritually, if you prefer, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Intellectual thought. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life. You see these two things are connected. Life and thought. He says, it's life and peace. The mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We've seen this. Christ led. So to be spiritual, we're going to look at a couple of different um, properties here in a second. But we begin by talking about this idea of being led. Being led implies two things. First of all, it implies guidance. And this is what we've talked about. The Holy Spirit is doing something intellectual in guiding. That's a, a very intellectual... You, you want someone who's awake. right? When you're, you, you have a, a person in your, uh, that's going to drive you somewhere, you hope that he's got all of his faculties while he's driving. <laughs> so a friend of mine um, I went to, went to college with... And uh, so I went up Thanksgiving uh, my freshman year to his house, and they were talking about, they had this band, and they had, they had a lot of kids. And, uh, and she was, the, the mother was telling me that one day uh, their youngest, she was, she was only, Kieran was only like two at the time, they were driving to, at the, at, to church or something, and she wasn't paying attention. She was sitting over there, and, and she's holding her daughter in her lap, and she and Doug, Mommy, Daddy's sleeping. You know, like she thought it was cute. No, Daddy fell asleep. She's like, well, he's driving, <laughs> right? You know, that's not good. Uh, you want the person who's guiding you to be in possession of their faculties. Well, 
The Spirit, fortunately, is in possession of faculties that allow Him to do guidance. We don't want to be guided by inanimate objects. That's really not going to end up well. But it also implies a pursuit. By pursuit, I don't mean chasing, but I mean following. You can't be led by the Spirit unless you are willing to be led. That means I have to allow my faculties to say, someone has a better idea of where we're going. You also don't want people guiding you that don't know where... It's wonderful that they're in full possession of their faculties. They don't know where they're going. You ever been in a group of cars going somewhere and you're pretty sure that the one in the front isn't... Like, you, like oh, we need to turn around and go that direction. And it was the first time I had gone down to Searcy, Arkansas. And we were looking for a place to eat. And, and I don't, we spent like half of the thing. This is a kind of confusing town for a small town. And um, it's just it's like I, I'm thinking this way and everything's kind of like this. And, and then we, we spent, so, so someone's laughing back there. Anyway, uh, so we, we went up this street and that street like three times. It's like, I'm getting hungry. All right. So fortunately, we decided to let Google, uh, the higher life form of Google, figure it out where, where we're <laughs> wanting to go. But if we're going to be led, we have to be willing to be led. And that's, we're going to see spirituality in that. So there are four properties of this. No, before we get to that, he says, "Go therefore and make disciples." I want to accentuate this, this point here. He says, "Make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age or end of the world." The word "disciples" is interesting. What do we think of the word disciples, right? We think of the word as disciples meaning to follow. But to follow, to be a disciple, to follow, the word disciple is actually the word mathetes. Ah, Rene Descartes, here we're back to math. It all comes back to math, right? To learn. To be a follower, to be spiritual, means I'm going to have to be willing to learn. It comes back to spirituality beginning as a function of my mind. It's not ending there. I want to repeat that. But beginning, becoming a disciple, willing to learn. And this is spirituality. And it has uh, four, four principles that we want to look at. But we're going to take these from second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person discerns all things. But 
is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And you just, without even diving into this, you can't read this text about the Holy Spirit and, and come away thinking of him as some impersonal force. That's nowhere in here. This is full of, of, of key words, if you break these down, that, that refer to intellectual thought. That, that refer to some activity happening that we have, that we get from a source who is, is just as life is going to come from the great life, the great higher function of that, and so thought, my ability to think and, and, and process doctrine is going to have to come from a greater mind than my own. One willing to handle much greater thought. It has four things. We're going to begin where we left off with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> it says, We have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us uh, by God. And so we begin with observation. Observation is spirituality, or it is a key to spirituality. It's at least the first thing we have to observe truth. Those who come to me must worship in spirit and truth. I have to begin with an intake of the thoughts that the Spirit approves of. This is why I will never own a self-driving car. Right? Artificial intelligence... Well, what's it going to get me? Right? It's going to get you nowhere. It doesn't have the ability to observe. Just, it's just mechanical. I told the story uh, of uh, being here uh, uh, six months. I have a self-driving car. This is what would have happened six months into my living here. I wanted to get the Springdale Road. I'm driving up 59. I'm looking for a thing. It's not the Springdale where... where uh, where Diane lives or works, it's it's on the other side of, of Blue Mound or Moreland, whatever. So I, I needed to navigate up there. Uh, I'm, I've got the the Google telling me where to go. The higher life form of Google is telling me where to go. It says take a left here. And there's no here. Take a left there. Snowy. I'm like, um, I, I'm like I must be reading this wrong. I turned around. I said, take a right here. So, so I'm facing the other way, so she's at least being consistent. And I'm like, there's no here to turn here. So there's a road opposite. I'm like, maybe she's got her south and north mixed up. So I, I turned into that road. And it was like, I think it was, I, I think it didn't go that far. So I turned around. And I'm facing where she said to take a left at. And then I put it in again. She goes, go straight. Now, if I had a self-navigating car doing what she was telling me to do, I would have been in a ditch. Now, the, the, the end of the story is that I, Diane was laughing because she told me I was telling her the story, you know, like the next week. And, and she said, that road changed like 30 years ago, like before Google existed. I don't know how Google got a hold of a map from 30 years ago. But she did. 
And, and she's trying to navigate. She says, this is why. There's no power of observation. There's only a power of, of, of whatever was programmed in. So I was like I said, I won't ever have one of those self-navigating cars. It's not a thing. I don't trust that they, what map they're, they're looking at. I need observation to be led. To have a spirit-filled life, I have to have observation. Second thing in 1 Corinthians... He says, we impart these, not in words taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths for those, or to those who are spiritual. So I need interpretation. It's wonderful that I can observe and, and commit to memory all of these things, but if I don't have the right conclusions to things, then it's no good. The Spirit... A spirit-filled life has to be willing to try to dig in, not just read brief and come up with an instant reaction, but be willing to dig in and, and, and try to, to let the Spirit tell you what He wants as truth. Truth is important. So it requires interpretation, not just for my benefit, but for the benefit of those, as he says, who's, who are going to hear you. Their lives depend on you. Third thing, he says, the spiritual person judges all things, but he himself is to be judged by no one. So there has to be application. There has to be this, this equation, okay, I, I know truth, now I have to start throwing things in my life through this equation and see what we spit out at the end of it. And this is a reject, and this is okay, this can stay. And, and we go through and we start determining and judging Oh, this is, this is this thing. Maybe it's not in my life. Maybe it's this, this thing in the world around me. This, is, this looks appealing. How is this? And we start judging. It says we judge all things. We start throwing everything through this equation that we come up with. It's all intellectual thought. This is why I say it. it begins here. And discerning and evaluating what can go and what can stay. And the last one, he says, Who has understand the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And it, it reminds me of the this, this statement Paul made also in Corinthians here. He says, Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Spirituality is going to then, once, once we have all of the the equations, we, we have all the, the intellectual side of things, the, the final state of that is, is to start placing this into practice. So I say, it starts with intellectual side of things, but it cannot end there. It, it has to end with the putting into practice those things, and that's why it is spiritual. The Spirit is, is doing a thing through my thoughts to try to achieve a visible result. Like we said, the Spirit is like air. It's invisible. I don't see everything. You can't see everything going on. But what people will see is it's like the wind. You see where it goes based on the, the results of, of what it's doing. And so people have to see the, the results of what is spiritual what has been processed through here is going to become visible to the people around us. 
So I want to leave us with uh, uh, two things. You're like, what in the world? Two, two challenges. First of all is to listen to your spirit speak. Not your own spirit, but, but listen to how you address the spirit. When you, when you catch yourself referring to an it, catch yourself. It's not an it. Right? I just did it. <laughs> it's not an it. It's so ingrained in us that the spirit is an it. He is not an it. He is the he. As much as we've never called Jesus an it. We never call the Father an it. Spirit is no less. Watch our spirit speak. And change your air. Right? Change the air. How many of you knew that uh, these new energy efficient greenhouses are really bad for you? Did you know that? It's amazing. Oh, we saved the planet. Uh, and, and, and the problem is, is that they're so airtight to be energy efficient that you don't change your air. And so you end up with like carbon dioxide, a massive amount of it. You get headaches and you get sleepy in these houses. It's because you're not changing your air. I know that sounds weird. And you get mold. Well, that's not really good for anybody. Who knew that a good old drafty house was, was actually better for you? Not good for your, not good for your economy and all that. But better for you. This one's got a lot of ventilation. <laughs> but we need to change our air. What do I mean by that? I'll give you one example. This is just an example. He says, "Have this mind in yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be held onto or to be grasped." But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. We've talked about how being spiritual is a is that there it comes from an, an attitude comes from a thought. All attitudes come from a thought. There's no attitude that you have that doesn't come from a thought. This is just an illustration of what pride, arrogance comes from a thought. I'm better. A, you, can, you just trace one to the other. And so it will produce an attitude of arrogance. And Jesus, who existed, in reality, he was better, because he existed in the form and the exact nature of God. He changed his thought process. He changed the air, right? The, his spiritual concepts. By changing his air, his spirit, his attitudes, he became spiritual in a different sense. It, it, in, in order to lead us in the same ideas, the same attitudes that he wanted us to have. Because he recognized that we need a change of our spirit, our attitudes. And this is spirituality. And whether it's humility... Or some other attitude you have as we start processing who I am. I want you to listen, not just to your spirit speak, but, but listen to yourself. And, and be willing to change the, the attitudes that, that we have uh, to, to have and develop a higher thought process. Because that is going to be what leads us to 
higher spirituality.